Good day, everyone. It's Frank Farrell from Custom Video Productions, and today we have Stephen Kramer of Kramer Portraits. And if you hear a little bit of noise in the background, well, that's because we're in his car heading to the airport, going to Tennessee to do a job for him. So obviously Stephen completely realizes the power of video because he's hired me to produce a video. So Stephen, welcome to your car. <laughs> which Thank I'm you. sure you spend a lot of time in. Tell me a little about yourself. So um, I've known you for a real long time. So let's reel it back to the days you decided to put your eye behind a viewfinder and call yourself a photographer. Yeah, so I started photographing professionally when I was about 15 years old. I worked for a local photography studio on the weekends photographing weddings in Monmouth County. So Stephen and I bumped into each other literally uh yeah <laughs> yeah steven would go frank you're in my shot get out of my way and i'm like steven i'm a creator damn it can't you see i'm trying to get the same shot you so we had mutual respect for each other and we also had mutual sweat and at that time i had my own company custom video productions this was over 20 years ago and i would look over and steven would be almost like drenched in sweat running through these synagogues and churches getting every little detail and I was like this guy is out of control in a good way because he 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 really sweated the details and I mean this guy was on his AK a game back in the day I'm and I'm talking about probably 25 years ago at least 25 years ago maybe even longer uh late 80s early 90s we go back late 80s for sure so here's Steven working for a professional photographer and I look at Steven I'm like man you work really hard. You should uh, probably start your own business. He's like, yeah, I've been thinking about it. Most likely I'm going to take over, you know, been talking to this this company that I'm working for and possibly take over his business. So what had happened is, um, well, you know what, Stephen, I'll let you tell the story. You don't have to name names, but tell us your journey. Well, I was going to work for a local studio, but we just couldn't come to terms on how each person's responsibility would fit together. So... I think that's the easiest way to put it. Okay. So the day you decided to go off on your own, uh, where were you at in your life? Were you married? Did you have kids? Do you have any responsibilities? Were you hanging out in your uh, teenage bedroom? Tell me, tell me the story because going off on your own is, um, it is, I mean, it is challenging because especially if you're living on your own, you kind of don't know where your next paycheck's coming from. Well, I... I decided I was going to open my own business when I was about 28 years old. So I was married. I had a house and a mortgage, but I did not have kids. And one of the advantages that I had is I still freelance for other um, studios in New York City. So I kind of had straddled, one, you know, owning my own business as opposed to still having a reliable source of income. So it was um, a calculated risk. So you had a source of income and you had the responsibility of being married in a, in a house and all those kind of things that, that those bills never seemed to go away. This thing called a mortgage. And um, for the most part, Steve and I grew up in an affluent area. Um, the town that I grew up in is Rumson. And uh, a lot of people there are financial people, Wall Streeters. They commute to New York City. And so those that's the community Steve and I serviced where they had those kind of big budgets to spend on videography and spend on photography. So tell me about your, your very first job. Do you remember it? Yes. <laughs> tell me that journey. 
I was, that was a long time ago. I was 15 years old and my dad drove me to my first wedding assignment. The, the wedding was down in Tom's River and uh, it was quite nerve wracking, but um, it all worked out in the end. I mean, it was back in the day with film when you weren't sure if you had the images or not. So you had to wait two weeks until the film came back from the processing lab to know if the images actually came out. So uh, yeah, there was definitely some ups and downs all along the way um, since that point, but uh, it's been an interesting journey. So that journey, uh, which was which when you got started as a teenager, it's been a long journey. So tell me some of the some of the highs and lows. Tell me some of your most memorable moments in your career where you where you thought to yourself, "Hey, I made it, or I'm making it, and I know I can do this for a living." Um, the Stephen Kramer that I know is extremely disciplined. Me, I you know, there's something shiny metal object I'm sort of getting distracted but I just remember you being very focused and disciplined and that I'm sure had a lot to do with your success so tell me some of your biggest successes and then we'll talk about some of the maybe some of the uh, challenges you had along the way aka failures let's start (laughs) off with successes you know it's interesting the aha moment it's interesting. After all these years, I still feel challenged and I still feel a lack of complacency. Lack of complacency. So I can't say there was ever that one moment where I've said, hey, I'm at the top of the mountain. I constantly feel... I think the biggest challenge for me was 2008 during the financial crisis because that was a real... That was a tough time for many reasons. You know, being a small business owner and then also dealing with a client base that is directly affected by Wall Street, those were some really, really challenging times. And so, did, you have, did you have kids at the time? Yeah, yep. I had two children and then my wife got pregnant with twins right during that time frame. So yeah, I think I remember that you're like, my, we're having a baby. So I'm like, what do you mean babies? Yeah, as in what two? Yeah, we're having having twins. I'm like, good lord. And so, um, so that was a challenging time for you. But obviously, you prevailed through that. And was there any time in your life where you're like, where you just realized that you you had the ability to to pull this off? And did you have any doubt in your mind, like, what am I doing? Or did you were so focused? You go, I've made a plan. I know what I'm doing. Well. <laughs> Nothing goes as planned. Um, You know, it's always fluid. So I think that I was fortunate enough in the beginning to learn from some pretty successful people and pick some people that I surrounded myself that helped me get where I'm at. But it's constantly, you know, learning from your mistakes. I mean, it never gets easier as a small business owner. And I think the the biggest change in our industry is the advent of digital photography because when I first started pretty every photograph was monetized meaning you either hired a professional photographer or you bought the you had to pay for film and processing so there was a certain value associated with photography versus fast forward to 2020 if you were if you were to analyze all the photographs taken 99.9% of every photograph taken 
daily is non-monetized, meaning there's no monetary attachment to it. So people's view of a picture has the value has just a general photograph has basically diminished because the advent of technology. So also the barrier of entry to get into your field oh. has dramatically decreased. <laughs> a dramatic is an understatement. It oh. is totally going away. Back in back when we first started, you had to buy a camera and to be a professional, you had to buy professional equipment and you couldn't just go anywhere. You had to find a professional camera store and, you know, mail order, travel to it and they were highly specialized where Today, the, the game is totally, totally changed, and the exchange of information is totally exchanged, where years ago, you had to find a mentor, spend a week studying with him, taking a workshop one-on-one, -on -one. so all that dynamic has totally shifted, so there's, there's even more of a need to be more skilled at your craft. So you have to be very ahead of, of the, the masses of people who have gotten their uh, cameras uh, inexpensively and the reality is some of those cameras the ability to take a high resolution picture is amazing even with even with a camera that doesn't cost a lot of money so tell me what that transition was like so traditionally you were shooting film um, and what was your decision to go from film to digital so I remember back in the day you had these very expensive Hasselblad cameras multiple cameras and lots of lenses and I remember a, a while you know years ago when you bought this extremely expensive Hasselblad film camera and then I swear to god like it was a year after that the avalanche came and that was everything was digital and you you just kind of I'm like so and you were just kind of shaking your head like yep well yeah technology changed but the, it's the same thing in the video industry. It's not the equipment. It's the person that is utilizing the equipment and what their vision is to create a finished product. So, I mean, that, that still hasn't changed. So, just the conduit of which we create the, the work has changed. But there's, still even, there's even more of a need to be a craftsman and artist as opposed, just, as opposed to just a technician. So when somebody's hiring a professional these days, uh, it's, it's less about the equipment that's used and more about the experience of the person that's behind the camera and the ability to tell that story, whether it's a still story or a motion picture story. Uh, what I used to hear back in the day was they would ask me, do you have this kind of camera? Do you have this lens? Do you have this microphone? Do you? So they would judge me by this long list of equipment. Uh, so could you explain to me, once we get straightened out here, can you explain to me what the purpose of this video, like if you put in a couple of sentences, the purpose, the reason why I'm getting this video done is why? The reason why I'm getting this video done is so clients have a greater appreciation all the work that we put in to our product that they do not necessarily see or understand. Okay, perfect. So why do we come all the way to Jackson, Tennessee to do this? Can't we do this like a green screen? No, not at all. This is authentic. 
what is authentic about it? It's how it's actually done. It's not fake. You're seeing the actual craftsman do the actual work. So my clients simply look at my skill set in the last video that I produced and judge me by that. So uh, in the audience that I'm projecting this to is is not videographers or photographers. It's it's somebody that's in corporate America considering hiring a professional photographer or a videographer. And I notice you know a lot of times it's that slippery slope down to zero. So somebody in experience is hiring you because you're because you have the lowest number. But somebody who's experienced will hire you because you have the ability and the eye to deliver what they're looking for as opposed to having to get the cheapest price and then not receiving what you perceived as as the final product. I completely agree. It's the difference between hiring an amateur or pro. When you hire, for example, a pro actor or actress, you know they're going to perform each and every time as a professional or a professional athlete. So, for example, if you go to a Broadway show, you know the producers trust those performers to every performance perform on point. And it's the same thing, Frank, in your industry or my industry. It's the ability to produce a professional product on a consistent basis uh, and to be able to do that reliably. I mean, you know, as you go up, this is an important point, as you go up the level of the expertise in your industry, you're getting paid for not not only your skill set, but who you are and your and your credibility and your uh, credentials because they need to know if someone's hiring you for an assignment, they're th- that person making the selection of the vendor of who's going to do the job that's a reflection of them. I mean, that's, you know, if you, if you fail to perform, it's their, it's their reputation on the line. So, so the reputation could be actually the reputation of a business. Absolutely. And, um, and so it's like, you know, what I notice is, is that some of these corporations will say to me, I can't afford that. I'm going to hire the young kid that's going to do video and they're going to do photography and they're going to do blogging. And it's written from somebody who's just out of college, a 24-year-old 20, perspective. And what happens is is that that messaging that they're putting out is really not in line with the company branding. Yeah, you're paying for that person's experience. That's what it boils down to. So your experience as a professional photographer, uh, <clears throat> so can you give me some examples where your your work was recognized or your work was the client said, you know what? I'm, I'm glad I didn't go to the cheaper alternative. I am so glad that I hired you because there's, there's, a, there's a couple of things here. When, when you're brand new uh, to somebody, you have to, in a sense, prove yourself all over again. And, um, but, but your repeat clients already know what to expect from you, the perfection that, perfectionist that you are. So give me an instance where somebody said, Oh my God, thank God we, we've hired you because we know, we can see now, we understand that why you charge what you charge for what we received. Sure. So, I mean, just one example. I have a client, an affluent client from Chicago that I've done work for. They had another child in the family and they wanted their portrait updated and they really 
love not only the product that we created for him, the finished portrait, but also how easy the experience was. And the more affluent clients value time more than anything else. So they decided to fly me out to Chicago to for their family portrait at their expense because they felt that the level of work and the experience was something they couldn't get anywhere else. And that's exactly what they ended up getting is something that they could not get anywhere else. And that's why, you know, that's, that's why there's, in a sense, there's only one you. So as you reach the, the, the peak of your career, you become, in a sense, an artist that's in demand. And uh, are there any other clients that you can uh, describe to us that uh, had similar experiences or uh, a situation where over time it was evident that the, the, the money that they paid, because you are not inexpensive you are priceless okay am i saying that right steven sure <laughs> so let's talk about um let's talk about maybe a portrait or a series of photographs you've done for corporate america i'm not sure if you still do corporate america but um <clears throat> let's talk about that if there's any stories there i think it just boils down to someone wanting what we do and wanting something that they feel that there's a certain level of craftsmanship involved. For example, we've done CEOs' portraits, we've done judges' portraits, and they want to memorialize that person, and they don't, and they, and they don't want to trust someone that they feel is a reflection of the person that they're they're needing the that portrait commissioned of. So it needs to be congruent with their needs. I want to focus on you. Okay. So, Stephen, if you could tell the listeners why you're using or why you chose to get a video produced for what you do. Why, why did you select the medium of video to, to demonstrate what you do? Very simply, our process is complex. Clients don't fully understand what we do to get the finished product so I feel that they will have a better understanding of all the effort and time and craftsmanship that go into our work they will have a better appreciation for what it is and the price they pay for it so basically the video justifies your legitimacy as a high-end photographer and it demonstrates to your audience what it takes to end up with an amazing portrait that involves so many hands. Correct. So, how will this video be used? How will how will you be uh, once this video is uh, delivered to you? What is the what's the plan for the finished video? The main emphasis is for it to be used to send out to any client who books us for a portrait. We will email that to them so they have a better understanding of what, we, what we're going to do for them. Excellent. So, uh, can you give me... Uh, so, is it going to be used on a website? Is it going to be shown at a an event? Yeah. How It's going to be emailed directly to them so they can view it in the privacy of their own home prior to them coming in for their sitting. We'll probably also use highlights of it in our social media posts 
Um, but that's an ancillary um, thought. It's not the primary focus for the reason we did it. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Is there anything that you want to add to this? That's whoa. That's pretty much uh, you know the reason why. Obviously, I'm not. I mean, it's very simple and straightforward. I mean, the you know again, clients don't really understand what goes into it, so this will give them a better appreciation for how involved the process is. So that's why Steven's using the power of video to get out his uh, his process and justify his prices. And uh, so that pretty much wraps it up with uh, Stephen Kramer. Stephen, um, how does somebody get a hold of you if they, if they want to at least come to your website and take a look at what your capabilities are? www.kramerportraits.com dot com spelled k-r-a-m-e-r-p-o-r-t-r-a-i-t-s dot com okay that wraps it up with video marketing mayhem wasn't really any mayhem on this shoot uh except for the tornadoes that came through in the evening uh the part that i was involved in i was behind the camera capturing the detail that goes into an artist demonstrating this artist that's taking a palette of colors and a paintbrush and actually painting the photograph. It was pretty interesting. Enhancing it, correct. Enhancing it, okay. That's what they call it. That's interesting. And it's certainly, you know, the finished product looks almost like three-dimensional. It, it, it's hard to tell. It's like, a, it's like a mix between a photograph and an oil painting. And the value is... Uh, pretty amazing because these portraits hang on the uh, walls of these beautiful mansions. Uh, did you want to talk about any of the, the some of the famous people you've uh, covered? Okay, that's it. We're wrapped. <laughs>